0: Good morning. morning. What a great day it is in the Lord, and uh, what a great day to take communion together. It is good. Uh, I don't know if you can uh, smell that food. Gail talked about it a little bit. Uh, For sure, stick around. We're going to have a potluck afterwards. Join us. We would love for you. Even if you're new, stick around. There'll be plenty of food, I promise. Uh, Plenty of food, stick around. Um, If you are new with us, though, I will say this. Uh, I'll say this that we are an independent, non denominational, Jesus loving Bible preaching church. If you have questions about that, ask me after, and I'll answer any questions you have in that. So, it's a good day, and, and uh, we have been in the study of John for a while, and we're in John chapter 15 now, and if this thing keeps on doing that, I will, uh, I will switch, because I know we got some things in here. week, and we talked about lots of stuff in John chapter 14. A couple of things that I said last week. I didn't preach on it, for the most part, but I said, look at it. Jesus said, if you love me. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my word. If you love me, rejoice. So, uh, I hope that you spent some time looking at that this week. I hope that you, you did, because as we go into chapter 15 and we journey through that, we get to see a little bit of what Jesus is talking about. We get to get to see that He lays it out and, and, and uh, lets us uh, see fully what He's talking about. And so I'm excited as we journey through chapter 15. And, and, and this morning we're going to do some reading. Uh, we're going to read all of chapter 15. Uh, and we're going to end at sixteen one because I think it's a, a fair break right there. Um, and, and it's not the completion of the thought, but it's a good stopping point, I maybe. Mean, uh, I will tell you that we will not get through it all uh, this morning, but, but we're going to do some reading, and I'm excited about that. So if you have your Bibles, turn them to John chapter 15 if you're not already there. But before we read it, I, I want to remind you something. And, and, and I hope that this is a memory verse and I've said, said it and said it and said it and said it, but I want you to know it, know it, know it. And that's John chapter 20, verse 31. Why did John write this? John said, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing, you'll have life in His name. That's why we read it. That's why he wrote it. That's what we know. And I pray that, that sticks to the front and the back and the middle of your brain. <laughs> That's what I pray for myself, anyways. That's what I want to know. Why John wrote it. So John chapter 15. Let's do some reading. This is I'm not used to having a hole in all ball of paper to go. I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one's life for his friend. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command. No longer do I call you servant, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you these things. I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hates me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yeah, because you are not of the world, but I chose you you out of the world therefore the world hates you remember the word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master if they persecute me they will persecute you if they kept my word they will keep yours also but all these things they will do to you for my father's namesake because they do not know him who sent me if I had not come and spoken to them they would have no, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the world might be fulfilled. The word might be fulfilled which is written in their law they hated me without a without a cause but when the helper comes whom I shall send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will testify of me and you will also and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning these things i have spoken to you that you should not be made that that you should not be made to stumble. Amen, amen. Whew, there's a lot of depth there. Uh, 15 might take us a year in itself, just so you know. <laughs> I want you to know, though, that there is a break. There's a break between 14 and 15. I want you to know that there's a, there's a break that's laid out there, that there, there's a time frame in between chapters 14 and 15. And Jesus jumps right back in there and He he lays out His deity to His disciples once again. And then Jesus jumps into this description. This description of who He is, of who the Father is, and who we are. And He uses this description. And I know that Jesus uses parables and He uses uh, pictures. He draws pictures in our mind when, he, when He's teaching. And He uses this, this vine and branches and vine dresser. And, and what's all that mean? What's He saying in that? And I had to step back and say, well, why? Why did He go to this? Why did He, why did he refer to, to the vine and branches? Some say, well, you know, it's just a good picture. And he knew it would be a good picture. Maybe you could even tie it into the, to, to a, a grapevine and the blood and everything else. That's reaching. You know, I think we can dig pretty deep into that. If we actually go to the Old Testament. We can learn from it. We learn great depths as to what he's even talking about. So, Psalms 80, verse 8. Psalms 80, verse 8 says this You have brought a vine out of Egypt, you have cast out the nations and planted it. You see, God brought Israel out of Egypt like a tender vine, it says. Like a tender vine in order to plant it in the promised landing. And in that he cast out all the Canaanites. And just like a just like a, a farmer of a vineyard would clean the ground, would cultivate it. Jesus did the, or God did the same. God ran ran out all the Canaanites and, 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 and he cultivated the ground and, and, and he <coughs> The Lord took great pains in bringing His people and transplanting His people. And the transplant worked. The transplant worked. And we know that the vine took root and the population grew and it filled the land. And the vine became plentiful higher than the hills in glory and stronger than the mighty cedars, as it says in Psalms 80. But it was very temporary. It was very temporary in this. You see, Isaiah 5 7. Isaiah 5 7 says, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry for health. You see, when God looked for justice and righteousness, From Israel and Judah, He got nothing but murders and cry of oppression. Church, the nation of Israel was depicted as the vine planted by Jehovah. But the nation proved unfaithful and unfruitful. So now the Lord Jesus presented Himself as the true vine. He calls himself the true vine. I'm the true vine, and, and, and he draws the the perfect fulfillment. He, he is the perfect fulfillment, but he draws this picture for us. He draws this perfect picture that, that he is fulfilling. And God, the Father, is the vine dresser, which he's always been. He's always been, and, and so. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, I'll tell you that this verse, this sentence that Jesus says here, um, it can be very difficult to grasp, very difficult to, to be okay with, maybe we'll say. But I want to tell you, that's only. Determined by the way you interpret that verse. You see, there's uh, lots of differing opinions on this verse. <laughs> and I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna shoot straight with you this morning. I, uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna probably tell you something. That maybe you've heard before, I don't know, but uh, your Bible probably is gonna disagree with me this morning. Your translation is going to disagree with me. Not God's word. Your translation might disagree with me this morning, but this is my opinion, and I want you to know that this is my opinion this morning. Okay? I'll tell. You, we'll, we'll, we'll stand in what God's truth is, but I'll tell you where it's my opinion. You see, there's there's some who think that this is referring to a false professor, one, one who says that they're a Christian, but really they're not a Christian. Really, they've they've never given their heart to Christ, and and that's what it's talking about. I don't don't agree with that. It it can't be that because Jesus says, in me, every branch in me, in me. That's what it says. So so they're followers. They're believers in Jesus. It, It can't be a false one. It can't be somebody who claims me. It can't be a wannabe. It's a follower. So I don't agree with that. Others think that, the true, that this is a true Christian who, who loses their salvation because of their failure to bear fruit. It's a very common interpretation. There's lots who believe. I'm gonna tell you I don't. I don't because it goes against everything in God's word. He goes against every other Scripture that you can read that says in Christ you're saved. It doesn't say you come in and out depending on bearing fruit. It doesn't say that anywhere. So why would somebody interpret that as that a believer in Jesus Christ can lose their salvation because you don't produce fruit? I struggle with that one. Others believe that it's referring to a, to a true Christian who becomes a backslider. <laughs> they get away from the Lord and become more interested in the things of this world. And they go against Romans 12 2, that says do not conform the pattern to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And in turn, if they do that, they fail to live of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. With so much differing opinion, I had to just stop and back up. And say, why all these different opinions on this? What what did it even get interpreted correctly from the Greek? So I went back to the Greek. And said, what is this word? What what is this one word? You see, it says every the way it's translated in the in the King James Version, the New King James Version, the NASB, that NIV. Oh, everybody can raise their hand in here. And their Bible says this: "Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes away. So in that, it would mean it would have to go back to First Corinthians eleven thirty, which was read this morning for communion. It says that is why many among you were weak and sick, and number of you have fallen asleep. It's the discipline of the physical death. <laughs> so if we read it to be taken takes away. We have to we have to go along with that. I'll tell you that I struggle with that translation." Of this Greek word, ario. Ario is the Greek word. You see, this word, though, it, it, it's uh, it's several. T- it's used several times in God's Word in the New Testament. It's used several times. But another interpretation of this word, or another meaning of this word. This same area is used in John 8.59 and it says, lifts up. It says, lifts up. It's used 25 other times in the New Testament and it says, lifts up. Not takes away, but lifts up. <laughs> lifts up. That would be a positive ministry of encouraging of the fruitless branch by Jesus lifting up a person who's not bearing fruit. Who is in him? No. Making it easier for that branch to get air and water and sunlight. And all the things that it needs to bear fruit. I'm gonna tell you, church, in my journey, uh, I've had many times where I didn't bear fruit. <laughs> I had many times where where period I couldn't bear fruit. My heart was not right. I was mad at the world. And are you really going to read this and tell me that every time I didn't bear fruit, I I lost my salvation? I was taken away? I can't go there, guys. (laughs) Because the rest of the Word doesn't agree with that. So how can we interpret this Word to be takes away? Because I fall short of the glory of God. I promise you I do. There's been times where I focus on the world rather than Christ. (laughs) So to take it as taken away, I don't want to be a part of that because if that's the truth, then nobody in this church has salvation. But if we read this, to mean every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. Making this mean that Jesus is truly saying every person in me that follows me, every person in me that does not bear fruit, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to lift you up and help you every time you fall. I can be interpreted to say every person in me I'll lift up, that Jesus will lift up. And every time that life gets hard, He's going to lift you up. He's going to give you some air and some sunlight and some love." Every person in me, I will lift up every time. You're not strong enough to bear fruit, I'll bear fruit in you. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He lifts up and helps bear fruit when life is knocking it down. Guys, our Savior Jesus Christ went to the cross. He went to the cross because He knew that we fall short. He knew that that we needed a Savior and He knew that that there would be times where we don't bear fruit. He knew that there would be times where where we just fall short of that. He, He went to the cross to cover us so that we can have eternal salvation in Him and it will never be taken away. He says when you speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. Don't add to it. It's period. You see? uh, That's why in my mind there's no way that we can translate this as takes away. So in all my Bibles, you don't have to do this because you can disagree with me this morning and that is okay. Okay? But in every one of my Bibles I crossed out, takes away, and I put, lifts up. Because my whole life I've been told that you don't bear fruit. He takes you away. Because I don't want you to ever think that. I don't want you to ever think that, man, when you're not, when you're not working at it, you don't get salvation because that's not true and then you become all about working for it and you can't work hard enough. You can't work hard enough, period. 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 Because he goes on in his statement and he says, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. But I want us to remember what he said at the very beginning, right? It's a, continuous, it's a continuation of his sentence. He says, every branch in me that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. It's a continuation, right? So we have to read the first part to see. it. See, he's talking about people who are in here. That are in Him, but the second part of this verse is talking about about Christians who are growing in their faith, growing to be more like Jesus. You know, I've always uh, looked at my walk and thought, why, why, why can't it why can't it be a constant growth? I, I picture this graph, right? Like it's just always going up, always going up. up, 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 up. Why why is, why is that not my walk with Jesus? the reality of my walk is a roller coaster. <laughs> up and down and up and down and up and down. But you know what? Jesus is up with me at the up and God's pruning me and when I'm on the down, He's lifting me up. Can't we picture it that way? Can't we take this interpreta- interpretation to be that? That's true life, isn't it? Every one of us are up and down, up and down, up and down. And Jesus... <laughs> is right there beside us. Walking through this life with us. Journeying as we go up and down and, and pruning us when we need it. And lifting us up. Pruning us just like a vine needs pruned, right? In a vine there's death. There's, there's death on the vine. And, and, and Jesus is saying the Father prunes that just as He prunes us and He cleanses us. Just as insects and mildew and all this nasty stuff gets on these vines. The vine dresser has to clean that all off. Just as the Father does for us, we as Christians have to be pruned of the things, that, the things of this world that cling to us. The things of this world that knock us down, He's going to prune them from us. And I pray that we're thankful for that. I pray that we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the pruning that God does and so we can bear more fruit. And listen, I hope that you understand that this is not a work. This is not a work in Him. This is this is not. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I bear fruit so I can prove that I'm a Christian. And there's lots of people out there that believe that statement, that they have to bear fruit in order to prove that they're a Christian. Not a true statement. We bear fruit because of verse four. Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot, listen to that, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. We can't do it. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It is only in Jesus that we can bear fruit, period. It's only in Him that we can bear fruit. We will and we'll come back to this in a minute because I, I skipped a verse. Verse 3. He says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Proves even more that he's talking to his followers. He's not talking to people who are going to hell, he's talking to his followers. We talked about this in John chapter 13, verse 10. John chapter 13, verse 10, it says, Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Remember the conversation we had that that Jesus was saying, I just need to wash your feet. I need to to prune you. You don't need a bath because you're already saved. You don't need a bath because you're already saved. You're already saved. You just need some pruning. You, You just need some cleaning. Church, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you're you're saved. You're clean. That's what it's telling you. But Jesus still reminds them, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. It's all in him it's all because of him that we have life and it's it's because of him that we can even say that we are on a journey to heaven it's only in him and because of him we can't do anything to earn it and we sure don't deserve it but he gives it to us freely he paid the price it's because of his grace when we repent and confess, Jesus Christ says, Lord, we have eternal life. Eternal life, heck. and that will never be stripped from any believer. So you see, Jesus talks next about one that never confesses him. So now we can transition to this. It says, verse 6 If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as, brand, as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. It says, if anyone does not abide in Me, does not abide in Me, this is the truth of every person who does not give their life to the Lord Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. It's in Him. And if you don't abide in Him, you don't have life. And you are. pruned. You're cut off, and you're thrown into the fire. And it's not because Jesus doesn't love you. People want to say, if your God loves me so much, why would He do that? He loves you. The problem is you don't love Him. The problem is they don't love Him. And why would Jesus want anybody that doesn't love Him with Him for eternity? He wouldn't. Church, if you believe in Him, listen to verse 7. If you abide in Me and My Word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this My Fathers glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be My disciples. Church, take that to heart and know it. Take it to heart and know it. <laughs> Meditate on that verse this week. I'm going to invite the praise team up. Know that if you abide in Him, He abides in you. And His Word abides in you. And, and whatever you pray in the Spirit, it will be done. That's what He says. Do we believe? Do we stand in that? And the Father will be glorified and you will bear much fruit. It says, and I hope that you have looked at the the progression of fruit in these verses. Verse 2 said fruit. And then it says more fruit. And then in verse 8 it says much fruit. Much fruit. And my Father will be glorified. Guys, it's not about us producing that fruit. It's about allowing the Lord Jesus to produce fruit in us. The only way we can produce much fruit is by denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following Jesus. Allow Him to work in you. Allow Him to be your life. Allow Him to be everything. By this, the Father is glorified. Amen, amen. Talks a little bit about prayer in there, though. And let me just say this. We probably all need prayer. We probably all need prune. We probably all all have something in our life that's clinging to us that we don't want clinging to us. We need Prune. Why are we so afraid to ask the Father to prune us? Let's not be afraid to ask the Father to prune and clean us of the things that are of this world. And so I'm going to encourage you that if you have anything in your life that is that needs pruned, that you come and seek prayer this morning. You can come do it by yourself. I, you, you don't have to pray with anybody but, but I want you to take this step forward coming up here. Kneel up here. Sit on the pew. It doesn't matter but because it's not about anybody else in this building. It's about you and your relationship with God. If you want prayers, though, I'm here to pray with you. You know what? Let's not let our feet be glued to the floor. Let's take the action of saying, I want prayer. And come see the Father in that. When we stand and sing, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and do that. Okay? If you want to pray by yourself, come up here and pray by yourself. Man, that's that's why we're here, to seek Him. When we stand and sing, it's your opportunity. And if you have not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, today's the day. Today's the day to making your Lord and Savior. And if you're doing that today, man, I want, I want to talk with you. Because it is a glorious day. Take action. Take action. Father God, I thank You so much for this morning. I thank You that we can call on Your name. I thank You that it's not us. If it was left up to us, I don't even know what to say. But it's not, and I praise You for that. You say if we abide in You, You abide in us. You are the one that produces the fruit. You're the one that prunes. You're the one that cleans us up. You're the one that does it. We don't have to be all perfect and proper to come to You and then be saved. No, You say, come to Me. All you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can come to you and do that. Thank you, Jesus, that it's you, not us, not me. I praise you for that. I praise you that it's that it's you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for all that you do. And I, I just pray this morning that, that if we in any way need prune, we seek, we seek you in that. I seek you in that, Father. Prove me of the things that are of this world. Prove me of the things that hold me back from allowing You to produce fruit in me. Father, I thank You that You lift me up. Jesus, I thank You that, that in You, in You, we're not taken away to the fire, but in You, we are lifted up to walk in the newness of You. Jesus, I thank you for that. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us. And honestly, if you need prayers, if you want prayer, if you just want to come, pray, right, come on up. Here.